Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host, this your girl Shanice, checking in back in with another episode of Power Book 3, Raising Canaan, and we've made it to episode 5, titled Choose Your Battles. I have to say, I was really digging this episode. Um, what can we say? 50 just doing his thing. This was a strong episode. I was feeling this one. Uh, Really good writing, really good authenticity. It's giving you the get rich or die trying vibes. I'm digging it. So I'm not going to keep you guys too long. Uh, We can get into the show. Don't forget, you can follow me um, on Alicia Shanice on Facebook, IG Alicia Shanice. Don't forget, if you have Spotify, you can check out my dope playlist. I have a lot of them on there. All of them are under Shanice Loves. So it's say like Shanice Loves Gym. That's my gym workout playlist. Shanice Loves Reggae. Shanice Loves Rock because I love some good country rock music, especially from the 90s. Shanice Loves R&B. Shanice Loves Late Night, like on some late night stuff when you're with your boo. Just chilling it up and <clears throat> spending that little Netflix and chill time. I want to listen to some good music. I got a nice little vibe going on there. Um, I got some really dope playlists, um, 90s hip-hop, 2000s, uh, my favorite 2000s song. So if you have Spotify and you're just scrambling on, just need a good playlist to vibe out to, check out my playlist. Um, I'm not going to keep you guys too long. Let's go ahead and get into the show. Like I said, I am getting some mad get rich or die trying vibes. I am loving this show. So um, the documentary episode will be out soon as well. So don't forget to check in back with me on that. If you are loving my Narcos reviews, that'll be out tonight, early morning. So I'm dropping the content. So you got something to listen to. So this episode opens up and we see Kanan in his room. He's changing his clothes, getting ready for school. Got the Pumas on at first in the mirror. Jim, nah, this ain't it. Moving to his Air Force Ones and 
He like, yeah, that's it. We see D Wiz wrote R.I.P. on, you know, his R.I.P. Diz was wrote on his shoes. And he kind of looks down, making sure everything checked out right. And he noticed some blood. So he kind of wipes it off, kind of startled a little bit, um, being reminded of everything that had happened. He's kind of shook up. You can tell he has, he's, he's oh, he got one foot in. He ain't all the way in the game yet. We go to the next scene and we see he goes downstairs. We got Rock sitting there smoking that cigarette. She likes just sitting there. You know how you walk downstairs and you know you're in trouble. She got the table, the um, the, the shirt just laid out on the table. He don't know what to say. And she's so pissed off. She like, if I say what, just get the fuck out my face. I don't want to know what she did. You know, if I say it, you know, she, she asked him what happened, but she like, I don't even want to know no more. Cause if I say what I'm going to say to you, you ain't going to like what I got to say. So goes to the next scene and we see the detectives they're in the stash house and, um, detective Howard is so dismissive. And we got the rookie, the rookie detective. She's going to be the one who got, who I think breaks everything down and solves everything. Detective Howard, like nobody, uh, no evidence, let's go. And she looking and like, you know, we can still look and we can still find, you know, evidence and fingerprints or whatever. He not even trying to do that. So I think, um, in the further episodes, she's going to get tired of this, um, and she going to end up doing her thing. I think she, I think they're going to keep her a good cop and she's going to get tired of working with him and find out that he's dirty and got his hands all up in this too. <laughs> we go to the next scene. We got the three siblings. We got Marvin, Lulu and rock. They're sitting at the kitchen table and she basically lets them know, like, um, you, you told me everything that happened. She ain't tell me my son was in a damn stash house and Lulu get that look like what? She like, oh no, he ain't dying me out. Lulu like, that nigga hard, you know. And Marvin being Marvin, try to come up with every excuse in the book. And she basically is like, shut the fuck up. Well, she said that was the power. I'm like, damn, Rock. Okay. She was like, look at our big brother, you know, antagonizing him. And she she basically told can't him the same thing she told Kanan like if I even gotta look at you I don't even want to tell you what I'm thinking because if I say it you know it is what it is so she kind of goes off breaks down how everything about to go out she letting them know like I gotta get the the bottom line of it is is that we know it was unique who hit us so I gotta get you know, if it go to war, we can go to war, but I need to get in his head. I need to know what his next plan is. And that's going to bring us towards the end of the episode. So after she walks off and leave, we get another scene and we see um, the two brothers, Lulu and Marvin, walking out. They kind of talking shit to each other. And he like, you always fucking up. And they just end up fighting. That fight was the funniest thing in the world. He, they talking shit to each other. We got uh, Marvin talking about some, yeah, you be at the studio, your little studio, this and that. And then Lulu shoots one back at him like, yeah, but your baby mama was with the Nick player. I was kind of wondering, was that a shot? Kind of like, you know, how they say it was Anthony Mason who played for the Knicks and Biggie Sunk. I got a story to tell. <laughs> I don't know. Remember she had the, she was messing with the hustler and then, uh, they end up rob robbing Anthony Mason in the house. I don't, I didn't know. I'm like, that's kind of, I don't know if that was just like a little 
something they threw up in there referencing to the Anthony Mason, the Nick player who was messing with the uh, the girl who was also messing with the, the the street hustler. And that's basically what Marvin is, right? Then they get the fighting. The police pull up and they like, hey, boys, kind of like antagonize them a little bit. Like, y'all cut it out. So they stop fighting. Both, both, um, both of them look at each other like, fuck you. You know, and Marvin like, baby brother, saved you from them ass whooping. So Marvin goes and get in the car. Marvin out of breath. He's still trying to light the damn cigarette. I'm like, how you going to puff the, you, you out of breath right now, bruh? But <laughs> that was a funny scene. I, I, I like Marvin. Ever since last episode, Remember the first three we talked about? I'm like, Marvin is irritating. But after last episode, Marvin, he brings, he he is funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to like Marvin. So then we go to the next scene and it's like the end of class and we got Symphony and Kanan talking. And, you know, Symphony is basically just, they're bonding more and Symphony is basically putting them up on knowledge. And that's what Kanan says is one thing he likes about Symphony is he never stops teaching. And he's telling them about the bridge on how, you know, it was a lot of um, white people who lived in Brooklyn. And when the black people came, they left, but they they built that bridge just for them to pass through and never stop in the inner cities or the ghetto. And they had that bridge. And the only time they would stop is for gas. And I like that, you know, I like that they drop little stuff like that. We can see Symphony is really intelligent. Some people think he could be dirty. I think Symphony is going to be good to the end. Uh, maybe he might see how deep Rock is and maybe see that's not for him or i'm hoping that he don't get caught up in the war and he end up dying so i think symphony is going to stay a straight arrow character i don't think he's going to end up being dirty but i have um heard some people say that they think he might be undercover uh like an undercover cop or like end up betraying her i don't think so but i think something might happen when he gets in too deep with rock we go to Detective Howard and he goes to the doctor and the doctor, um, he's in there, you know, he already has cancer. He's smoking a cigarette in there and she's like, you can't smoke in this office. And she, um, she basically tells him like, you know, I heard we got the labs back from the lab results back from your cousin. He wasn't a match. So, you know, he, that, that upsets him. And he like, well, it was going to extort me anyway. And, you know, she basically says, well, we'll put you on a list, but you know, I can't make any promises. You know, you might want to be getting your things resolved now. So he kind of walks out and, you know, he has that look like, damn, you know, he don't know if he's going to be around too long. We go to the next scene and we see Rock and Kanan talking and he's basically, you know, they kind of have words and he like, look, I'm not going to wait for nobody. Um, I'm just going to, I'm not even going to wait on you. So she sees like that he ran home and she like, you act like you're running from the police or something. So she says, basically, I'm going to drop you off. So she leaves to drop him off. And I did skip a scene before he even got home. What made him run home is famous Canaan and Juke House. Um, in juke, jukebox, I said Juke House. <laughs> I'm sorry. In <laughs> Jukebox, they all up in the, um, bodega they just kicking it and you know famous is looking at a little um playboy magazine and he's like they're talking and then jukebox say you don't know nothing about no women i actually been with somebody so they thinking that you know she didn't been with a dude and he all mad like i was supposed to be the first one took your virginity i've been wanting you since five years old and they kind of like going on talking and then a robbery scene come up and 
Kanan is thinking, you know, he's thinking it's Scrappy who busted him out. Like, Scrappy was sick. He never showed up on the day they got hit. And, you know, Jukebox is way more street smart than Kanan at this point. Um, she, she had empowered, in, in regular power, she was way more, you know, grimier and street, street cash, more street knowledge than Kanan, in my opinion. And she's basically looking on the outside and she like, you think, your girl Davina might have had something to do with it. And Kanan is in denial, denial, denial. He like, no, it was scrap. He mad because I'm taking his place. And I'm thinking like, Kanan, that's your babysitter, bruh. He, you ain't taking nobody place. Like, <laughs> Kanan is such denial. So him and um, he kind of steps to juke. And he like, look, don't come at me like that. I know your secrets. And, um. I don't know, Jukebox, the girl who's playing her, she is doing a good job. And uh, and when she get mad, the look she give, you can tell she kind of, you know, psychotic because we seen how crazy she was in power. And <laughs> she kind of give him that look and she like, fuck you, Kane. It ain't nobody scared of you. So we fe- we see their first riff. I know that they'll make back up, Um, you know, when power hit, they uh, when they met up when they were adults, of course, they didn't get along. So something did happen. But I think it's way too early in the, seasons and the show for them just to split already and you know be how they was when they got grown of course I think that they'll get back cool I just think this was just a small argument um so Kanan takes off and that's when he run home and run into Raquel when they get to talking and she drives him where he has to go and then we see famous catch up with jukebox and he's telling her like come to the studio so she ends up going which i was happy she went to the studio and <clears throat> that was that scene so when it also goes to the um another scene when we have rock marvin <clears throat> excuse me we have rock marvin and the landlord at the apartment and I am wondering, I'm skipping ahead, but I'm wondering, well, you know, when we watch Power in season four, remember when Kanan was telling, um, when he had Tariq in that little apartment and he was telling him, you know, this is where your dad made his first murder. This is where Ghost killed Breeze at. I'm wondering, is these the apartments? I don't know. I could be jumping ahead, but I'm wondering, is these the apartments that ghosts end up killing Breeze at? You know how they had the two apartments because Rock did make um, a gesture in the end, like Kanan was something happened to me. You got to be able to handle this and take over. So everything, you know, her crew, her business would have went down to him. You know, we know he's going to make it, but we don't know what's going to happen to Marvin, Lulu, or Rock at this point. <clears throat> We get to the next scene and we also uh, see Rock at the bodega and she's talking to the Colombian dude and he's basically telling her that we need more money. And she's like, no, we already negotiated. We gave a handshake. So you're going to take what you get. And I'm wondering, is he going to do something stupid? Because he gave her a look. He already don't like taking um, orders from a woman. You know, he already made that clear. You know, it's the early 90s. Um, he, 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 he ain't used to no woman running the show. And back then it wasn't a lot of run, women, you know, doing that. So, um, you could tell he ain't taking it lightly if you looked at the look he gave her. So I'm wondering if something going to come 
with that and back at the apartment scene we see that she's like oh yeah this gonna work she's standing outside like and you know marvin like when y'all when you and canaan moving in she like no this is the new stash house while they fighting over corners we gonna be up here we gonna be in the sky so you know marvin can dig in and she's talking about how she's gonna do the construction and then have like drops where they can drop stuff down if somebody show up really smart idea and in walks in the tenant of the apartment they're in you know he walks in like what the what y'all this my shit you know and rightfully so and they like no and marvin just get the beat in his ass i'm gonna be real with y'all when i was watching this scene i was cussing and fussing <laughs> the whole time because i'm like that's just some bullshit you know like just keeping it real that is what they use type of stuff they used to do like just bum guard you know like civilians who ain't got nothing to do with that and that's never cool i i get it that type of stuff did happen so you have to write it in there because it's realistic but i just wasn't wasn't feeling that and when you look at hindsight of how they how the hustlers and everything did take over the communities um and just you know take over and destroy our own communities when we had decent nice neighborhoods everything wasn't always the hood even if we didn't have the most you know we had something and it was nice and safe and you know it's people like that that made our communities what it is you know and i I do a lot of talking about this when i get into my narcos bag and talking about how they brought the drugs over here i talk about the 80s and the early 90s era on this pod so you know it's just irritating when you look at it hindsight of everything that did happen and i know this is a show so it had to be wrote in there because it is authentic they did used to just um bum guard people businesses who had like legit businesses and get the hustling out of there and you know it was like pablo say plateau or plomo you know you you gonna do this get this money or you gonna get some lead you know like it's just that's just what happened so i didn't like that scene i thought that was some bullshit on how they just made kick that man out of his own home and probably did the same for whoever was on the seventh floor the landlord punk stuff went down there and handled that so i'm sure we'll probably see what happens in the next episode or they might just act like the tenant gave it up and they'll have apartments on seventh and eighth floor after that I'm sorry. Excuse me, guys. Let me get some water here. I'm running my mouth. After that, we get to the next scene. And we see Raquel drops. We see Raquel drops Kanan off. I didn't go in order there, but I did talk about how he was running home. She said she was going to drop him off. So when she dropped him off, we see Detective Howard and detective rookie they're watching him go in and she like he like hold on she like i thought we was following rock well this the sun and he like you know to get to the queen sometimes you got to go to the prince and like it or not this is you know hustler's royalty right here because of who his dad was that brought me into get richard i trying because it all goes together a little bit it's like basically this is the long version of that and remember on Get Rich or Die Trying that they implied that 50 Cent, his dad was the big man, but he actually never knew who his dad was. I'm like, they're trying to make it seem like his dad was, you know, on a Nikki Barnes level or a Frank Lucas or a Bumpy, you know, Bumpy Johnson. Like, they're trying to make it seem like that. And that's also how they tried to make it seem 
on Get Rich or Die Trying when he went to the prison and he was telling, dude, like, I always thought you was my dad. So I said, they kind of going with that same route so far. So they follow him as he runs off. He run up on Scrappy. He talking stuff. <laughs> Scrappy looking at him like, little boy, you was so lucky you was Rock's son. And then before it happened, I'm like, please don't. This gave me Boys in the Hood vibe when Doughboy got beat up by the dude <laughs> at the at the plate at the park. And um, it gave me that vibe when I watched that part. And I'm like, if they let Kanan whoop his ass, it's going to be so unrealistic trying to make him more tougher than what he is. But I liked it how this played out. I was cracking up. And I liked it when Detective Howard ran up. And they tried to stop him. And they was like, no, we cool. We just was playing. They took them both in. And we go to um, the next scene. And we're at. Studio, the studio and we see famous his sister jessica and crown um they sitting there smiling as he getting busy on the mic we see jukebox in the back she's looking you know watching him do what he do and lulu walks in and as lulu is walking in jessica comes over there and you know they're making up or whatever i, I guess they was mad at each other from still the last episode and we see crown and his engineer they going back and forth and he like no i ain't doing another thing else so you pay me i got a baby mama i got child support so the dude is embarrassing the hell out of crown and you know lulu he, he sees he sees the end so he takes care of the bill and he lets him know like juke my niece is about to get on the microphone i liked it that scene and she like no uncle i'm cool he like no you about to get in there and do your thing and at first i thought maybe she was gonna go in there and be nervous but she went in there and tow it up and we got jessica she all happy now because she knows she got lulu where he want him and now he really about to be where uh where he got way more power over crown because he didn't pay the bills and then she knew even if lulu wasn't gonna do his thing she had crown where she could do whatever and he was gonna give her what she needed too so jessica is smiling honey she all happy <clears throat> jukebox going there and tear it up they give her a demo she's over at nicole's house and they're listening to the the song and talking about how black people cook spaghetti and white people cook spaghetti and at first i'm like y'all might be going a little too far they ain't supposed to be teenagers come on now what y'all you know what y'all doing but then i see where they was going because as they're kissing um her mom walks in and she is like what the fuck she went straight come on now she went she's talking about she gonna call the police and have her charged for rape I'm like, uh, oh, okay, uh, whatever. The dad walks in, like, what's going on? The food is done, and you know, she got, she goes off. They both get to crying. Jukebox runs out of there, honey. She, you know, you could tell the mama wanted to call her to everything. She wanted to t tell her exactly what she was and all that. You could, you could see she was holding a lot back. Jukebox go downstairs. She's staring up in the window, crying. She's like, "You'll never see my daughter again. I let you in my house." Uh huh. And then, as soon as she gets to the window and see Nicole crying, her mama comes, slam them damn curtains, honey. We also, I skipped over that part, and I liked it with um, how he broke that down too. We found out why they called her Jukebox, and he was like, "My my niece been making money since she was five years old. Everybody here give, give her a quarter just to sing a song." So we got the his the backstory of why they called her Jukebox, and when she walks off, she's crying, you know, because for number one, she just got busted. She just lost the first 
person she's been with and she experienced racism all at the same time because it was also uh just the fact of everything that plays in why her mom was mad and then probably even more because she was black to keep it 100 um we get to the police station and Kanan and scrappy are both locked up and then also um, I don't mean to go back and forth, but I don't want to forget anything. Remember when they were um got arrested and they were getting in the police car? We seen a dude kind of look at Scrappy funny, kind of gave him that look. So at first I didn't know where they was going with that. But then when we get to the police station, Scrap is on the other side. Detective Howard and Kanan are sitting there talking and he kind of wipes his blood, give him something to wipe his blood and he put it on his desk. And, you know, he like... uh asking Kanan questions and Kanan like uh, I'm a minor I can't say anything without my legal guardian and I'm like yeah I love that he did that because it brought me back to Central Park 5 remember when they went in there and they manipulated them boys without a parent guardian that kind of gave me those vibes and then this is in New York and the Central Park 5 happened in the 80s so in the 90s that was a big thing don't the 80s stuff wasn't rolling like that everybody knew the rules no you don't talk until you have a guardian and he gives him he ended up giving him his real birth date and detective howard kind of looks he like i thought you was born he like eight fifteen seventy five. thought you was born 76 and kind of like what you care for and i already knew where they were going right there i said oh shit because he he made a comment he said your mama know all about me so i'm like oh him and rock used to mess around and i thought that at first um when it first started so i'm like him and rock used to mess around that's probably why he had so much animosity towards her in the first episode and was rooting for unique and talking about um the dude who she was messing with who got killed so we basically know where they going with that and Kanan make his one phone call but instead of calling rock he calls symphony and symphony walks in and he's spitting knowledge he was like you ain't a guardian a friend of the family not a guardian he said picking black boys up off the street that ain't legal and you know that gave me it always reminded me of something it gave me boys in the hood furious styles when he was talking to the dirty cop after the house got broken too gave me that vibe but Stephanie does his thing. He gets Kanan out when they're driving home. Kanan is like, you cannot tell my mama. And he like, I'm not, no, I'm not lying to your mama. If she asks, I'm telling her. And he like, you don't know my mama. When she burns stuff down, she burns it down. Um. After that, we get to the next scene. And we have Rock seeing scrappy walking so he done got out by now and he, as soon as he see her pull up he like rock i know that's your son but i, I gotta i got a rep to protect and she like get in they don't let us know where they going with that she just pulls off then she goes home and she's talking to kanan and it reminded me of when tasha um just gave in and just taught Tariq on how to bag everything how to break everything down and she just like, what do I do? So you can tell she really don't want to do it, but she ended up teaching him how to cook. She's teaching him how to rock it up, how to cook it. She like, no, you don't want it to get, you don't want to inhale this. So she put the rag over his head, you know, like um, she is like teaching him. He in now. So now he, he um, episode five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, Kanan going to already be all the way in the game. We get towards the end of the show. 
We in Bulletproof Records. We see Jessica and Lulu getting it on. He in there like, yeah, I own this mug now. We go to the next scene and we see Detective Howard. Him and Rock, she's taking the trash out. I didn't know what was about to happen. He kind of creep up on her. And then I was like, because at first I didn't know who was creeping up on her. But we see it's Detective Howard. He like, you lied to me. Kanan is my son. She like, you don't know what you're talking about. Stay away from my son. So now we see Detective Howard is going to, uh, he might not go trying to just be daddy right offhand. But he's going to try to get that bomb mirror from uh, Kanan for sure. Um, we go to the final scene. And we see Unique. He in there with his crew. We see the same dude who's seeing Scrappy getting put up in a uh, police car. And Scrappy going there like, look, I'm, I ain't finna let this little nigga come in there just because she her son. He taking over. My crew don't treat me right. Ain't no loyalty. I'm trying to get down with a crew. And he's peeping out the whole scene. So now we pretty much know Rockin' set it up in motion. She already said she had to get a uni unique head so she can be prepared. And with Kanan and Scrappy getting into that fight, that was like the perfect setup because his boy seen it. He can vouch that his tension in the air. And that was an end for Scrappy. <clears throat> he definitely not um, trading on Rock. They have already said how loyal he is. So this is not a betrayal. This is a setup. He's trying to get in there, get the plan and let Rock know. I'm just hoping Unique don't find out because if he do, Scrap not making it to season two. That was my review uh episode five. I hope you guys enjoyed it. This was a strong episode. I liked it everything about this episode. Um, you know, they already didn't got picked up for season two, so I can't wait to see what season two is gonna bring on. But I was really digging this. I hope you guys were too. I hope you enjoyed my review. Don't forget you can check me on my social medias, and if you have been following the narcos playlist. I will drop the documentary episode tonight. So I hope you guys checked out both of those. Uh, one was on Amazon Prime, the last narc we're about to cover. And the other one was Narco Wars. I was telling you guys episode three, but it was actually episode two called Mexico's First Cartel. That was following the Guadalajara Cartel. So on that note, it's your girl Shanice and I'm out.